0: Hello, and welcome to The Violet Vulture. My name is Emmy and I'm your host. I'm a multi-passionate, multidisciplinary storyteller, I'm a Datsula witch, and an all-around too-much person. If I could distill down into a core three of everything I'm about here on the internet and IRL, it's storytelling for self-exploration and liberation, alternative wellness for the misfits, and morbidly inclined among us and honoring our shadows. But to go a little bit deeper, we discuss a handful of different things on the podcast. Discussing mortality, celebrating spirituality, archetypes, artists, unpacking what horror can teach us about the human experience and our collective fears. Integrating those shadows and one of my favorite topics, changing your damn mind. I love my multitudes and I love exploring the multitudes and others in turn a few announcements here before we get going. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can keep up with me at Instagram at lostsoyemi, my website soyemi.com. You can get to my newsletter. And if you're listening to this within the release date, newsletter subscribers already are in the know, but I did recently start a Patreon. So a link to that is also available. I'll get into that in a handful of episodes coming up here but wanted to keep y'all in the know. So feel free to get added to the newsletter for any other updates in the meantime. Anyway, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. In this installment of the Gritty Growth series, I wanna spend a little time unraveling and recontextualizing some ideas that get thrown around a lot, but sort of begin to lose their meaning. And I also want to focus on what we often downplay as the kind of real contributors to the forms of dysfunction in our systems and relationships. Addressing these will be super important for really getting to the meat of growing through the ick. So what do I mean when I say words begin to lose their meaning from overuse or poor use or misuse? It's not unlike how everyone is toxic. It's this idea that we're so good at beginning a really great dialogue around these topics, but a lot of people don't really do the extra research. They don't do their shadow work. They don't bring it to therapy. They stop it just listening to kind of anecdotal information on various platforms. We see it a lot with TikTok and how everything is ADHD. Everything is tied to undiagnosed something or another. At a certain point, don't necessarily know what we're talking about, or we don't get to the foundation of things or really get to cultural context to better understand behavior or these different perspectives. Another one that comes up a lot in these spaces is like trauma response. Like everything is a trauma response. And a lot of things might be. That's just a good way of kind of letting the conversation end there. It's treating the thing like an excuse instead of giving more information to aid on your respective healing journey. And yeah, more specifically, when we begin to talk about emotional abuse and those kinds of dynamics, a lot of people kind of do have these aha moments that can be really empowering. Like, my God, that was my previous partner, or that was totally my boss, or where I used to work. And, you know, what's good as far as kind of the next steps go is kind of taking a step further and taking it to use it to begin to heal things because now you have a language for it. But what's perpetuating it is thinking you can navigate all of this new language on your own as far as kind of getting into the misuse of it all and really not maintaining the self reflexivity of, okay, now that I know that these are possibly connected or that this could be a trauma response What can I do differently now that I know this? Like that drop off is what I get concerned about. Having stronger language for describing harmful behavior should be used as a tool for better conversations, personal assessment, and actual accountability. And that's another one of those words. It's kind of the word of the episode. Um, You know, we've all seen it. Whenever something happens with a celebrity who's freshly shoved off a pedestal, We say they need to be held accountable. We need to hold them accountable. And more often than not, that ends in some form of the dreaded cancellation. And to be very clear, that's not to say that there aren't those that shouldn't be canceled or removed from positions of power or authority when they have engaged in what is clearly harmful behavior. I think what's often missing And what I consider a lot of the the majority of these kinds of conversations is the humanity and a sense of your own personal responsibility or accountability in all of that discourse. I love this idea that I've heard from a few folks who've spoken critically on accountability and that they treat it like a love language, um, something that they're offering to other people, not so much something that they receive that having these difficult conversations shows a willingness to take on the elephant in the room, and it indicates a lot of respect and care for preserving that relationship. In many ways, I see this podcast as an opportunity to explore topics and to confront in the interest of community care. I'm an Enneagram 8, so that's definitely the healthier iteration of my type, is to challenge in the interest of helping other people be the best versions of themselves, to self-actualize, you know, kindness, but with firmness. To, I guess, be more direct, what does actual accountability look like? What is it that we're actually asking for when we say accountability, but maybe we mean something else? Let's approach the kind of what it is first. It begins with empathy and a simple, hey, what what happened it could be asking yourself this or someone else you know the first step in accountability is acknowledging that there is a problem or that things just aren't working as well as they could be these kinds of accountability discussions are a powerful way of of communicating what you want to uphold as the norms and standards they're a powerful way of upholding what the boundaries of situations ought to be Holding accountability conversations is truly about holding courageous space, but not safe space. And to kind of name it quickly, because the difference between safe and courageous space could easily be its own episode, uh, safe space is about still silencing, still engaging in self-censorship in the interest of not disturbing the peace. Courageous space speaks to an investment in navigating the discomfort because everybody knows that what you want is on the other side of that fear and discomfort. Courageous speaks to still maintaining respect in the equation because when you're holding one another accountable and if you're not coming from a place of care and with the interest in an open dialogue, you're guaranteed to short circuit the conversation, like instant defensiveness because any perceived judgment about the things that they did will just serve to inflame the discussion. There's no way to continue on in a productive conversation from there. And again, this isn't to say that you shouldn't be having this tough conversation and that difficult feelings or anger or other things might not come up, but being mindful about managing your own energy And being critical of what you're asking for before you engage in that discussion is crucial. When that judgment collides with the kind of recipient's defensiveness, or when we begin to challenge ourselves, it makes it so hard to get to the bottom of what really happened. And we can't really proceed with next steps. And again, this isn't to say that you need to perfectly construct your argument, that you can only ever engage if you found just the right way to say something, because that's also so limiting. Um, But it's one of those like couples counseling tips that it's important to use I statements and not immediately begin with blame, even if your feelings are still hurt or if you're disappointed. And as an important boundary piece, it doesn't mean that your feelings about it don't matter, but it does mean that if you want to progress forward, Accountability is about being really committed to identifying the deeper underlying things because getting deeper is how you get to the real meat of a situation. It's about wanting to get to the why of how a transgression may have occurred and then transition to a really concrete, actionable plan for how you'll move on and ultimately act differently. It's about saying, what's the plan, when, how, where, whom, you know, all of those aspects. This part may take some time because maybe it's the first time anyone's held this person accountable for something, or maybe it's the first time you're really doing that introspection. It's crucial to give people a chance to fully take stock of everything that went down, the impact it left, and ultimately how they could plan on doing things differently. And this could also include them reflecting on what they need to ask for in the future to help them be held accountable to these changes. So for instance, if you're a newly diagnosed ADHD person with some serious time management issues, you know, self call up moment right now, uh, some real time blindness could be going on. The reality is that your actions can hurt people. And it's something that a lot of us have shame around. I've experienced this firsthand plenty of times. But just because it is a valid disability and it's something that we do have to work towards destigmatizing, it doesn't mean that the impact that this has on other people in our lives and our relationships isn't real. And we don't want these things to continue. I take these kinds of conversations seriously. And when these things happen with me, I do take a moment to apologize, ask for reminders, or even say hey, can I have a little bit of time to kind of marinate on this before we circle back? Because it can be dysregulating to be held accountable. A lot of us with ADHD or sick of the neurodivergence struggle with rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria. So even if it is something that we appreciate and we want to receive in the moment, we might not be our best selves if we just keep pushing through. So be mindful of managing your energy as best you can, you're having trouble regulating, it's more important to just say that than to proceed on as is in the interest of just wanting to get through it all. I know a lot of us tend to, you know, with time management issues especially, will ask for calendar reminders. Like maybe it doesn't feel sexy to say, hey, we're going to go grab drinks. Can you put this on my Google calendar? But I want to hold myself accountable. I want to show up and be more present. And it's on me to grapple with that. And it's also on me to ask for what I need. You know, I handle accountability a lot across the board as far as kind of my public persona goes. You know, it took me forever to launch a Patreon because I knew that I would be answerable to delivering on promises. I know that accountability around what I talk about on the podcast was definitely occasionally of concern because I'm literally going deep on something on uncomfortable topics and I'm publicly committing to putting out regular content around these kinds of things. So it's very easy to get in your mind when you're conceptualizing around accountability like this is taken out of context what if I what if this makes people hate me what if I begin to slip and I lose my credibility like the what if train just leaves the station but I've realized that the people that are for you and get what your content is trying to communicate won't run if they hear something they disagree with. And even if I do say something that might be out of pocket because I'm always learning, everyone is always learning, it can be a real gift to be held accountable if I said something that was offensive or rooted in something problematic. Again, not perfect, we're all learning, and I relish the opportunity to be better. You know, we deal with accountability in our personal lives. Like my husband and I are accountable to each other with the hunting for a home being what it was. We were accountable to each other that whole process. Our actions impact each other and understanding how our behavior and needs impact the other is crucial for long-term health in your relationship. This leads me into what accountability isn't. It's very easy to get it wrong these days. Accountability conversations don't include being belligerent or name-calling or being essentially a dogpile for every little thing you've ever experienced that has been hurtful. Something that kind of made me wary with all these calls for accountability for, from uh, celebrities, for instance, is that what is often received... Um, kind of the outcome when there are these calls for accountability is that there is an apology. There's communication around like, Hey, what happened and a communicated plan for how this just won't ever happen again, or some, some degree of that. And what often ends up happening is kind of a continuation of the outrage. It it's never really put to rest. It kind of continues to follow thereafter. All too often, when we say we want accountability from someone we are in perhaps a parasocial relationship with, or sometimes don't have great boundaries with the people that we do know in our personal lives, Uh, something that we may be actually grappling with when we say that we want accountability is that we actually want punishment, that we want to see punishment. Again, it goes back to getting really clear. We say we want them held accountable, but accountability is all about some degree of wanting them to change, believing that they can change. And if you don't trust what's said and think at that point that they're beyond accountability, then what's all of this outrage really for? You know, it goes back to getting really clear on what happened, how you're managing your own feelings and emotions in a conversation like this or in a greater public discourse along these lines. The thing we actually ought to be calling for when we desire action, when we call for accountability from someone is often less of punishment, but more of a call for discipline if there is some kind of slip up in some way. For instance, again, kind of going back to like the ADHD portion of, the, of my life that I am always dealing with, I may struggle with kind of prioritizing tasks appropriately because everything feels most important. I may fall into having doom piles in the bedroom if I'm not careful. And if I don't keep it in check or figure out how to develop a system around it, then, you know, in the past, my doom pile would bleed into my husband's stuff. And, you know, if what he wanted was a call for punishment, then if I went and implemented strategies to keep things better contained, he would still chew me out for being messy. But instead... What makes this a matter of care and discipline instead is it being a conversation of like what's happening, why is this going on? This is really throwing me off. I know it's not good for you either. You know, we opted to figure out a plan for kind of keeping things better in order. So yeah, it's a trip to the container store or a trip to Ikea. I'll never say no to that to to kind of keep things better, better in check because it's more supportive of him and also it's something that's supportive of me as well. Why this feels so crucial to reflect on in this series is that like I've looked back on times that I let my rage take over when I thought I was operating from a place of fairness and justice. I've seen how damaging that is to mutual trust, to not have... Done some work around the issue, my feelings around the issue. And I found on some occasions that I was more interested in holding on to my grudge than trying to move on from the experience in a meaningful way. I think a lot of us do this because we do have a not great culture around apologizing, that we conflate apologizing with like a form of politeness. We apologize for everything and, and nothing. <laughs> When we do that, um, you know, apologizing for bumping into somebody, you apologizing for taking up too much space. Like we do it in so many ways and it's not a great thing to kind of let bleed into the greater formula of relationships. I think that there's also a certain layer of trauma, like the fawn kind of response, a lot of us don't know how deeply ingrained behaviors are and getting to the root of that is a messy, complicated, ongoing process. Like some accountability talks around these kind of deeper issues that have like prickly ancestral things tied to them. You know, maybe some things that are kind of surface level could be reconciled within a matter of days or weeks, but some things may take months or years. But what's the saying? Like, how do you eat the elephant? Like one bite at a time, you take it one bite at a time. And this may hurt your feelings because I know it hurt mine. You know, you could be approaching accountability the wrong way all along and holding out of that grudge and that kind of desire for punishment because it's easier to be mad and to act out because you've been let down in some way. And it is sort of human that people can make mistakes and human people can let you down or upset you, it doesn't make it okay, and it doesn't make that hurt invalid, but it does mean that naming your hurt and anger is an important part of the process. A lot of us don't realize how hurtful our actions can be, or we're aware because those actions hurt us too. Like, again, I don't like being late. I don't like feeling like people can't count on me or worrying that people can't count on me. Making sure we can be compassionate, even in the toughest of moments, may feel like an insane task, but it's far better than the alternative. My final layer of advice I'd offer is to manage the sense of urgency. If you feel like you will only speak for a place of anger and a place of anger alone, maybe let it lie for a day or two. It's still important, your feelings and anger are still important, but there's immense value in taking your time and trying to communicate from a place of respect. And the other side, do not let it lie for so long that you do not engage in the conversation at all and that it grows stale. So figuring out the balance is truly individualistic, it's very personal, but it's time you need to take and an important part of step as well. The same way that you are holding them accountable, you are also accountable for yourself. So keeping that in mind while you're engaging in these difficult things is so important. You know, the world is a tough enough place. Let's not make it any harder as we work towards rebuilding more supportive mutual systems together. That's all for today's episode, everyone. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you like what you heard today, thank you so much. I would really appreciate it if you left a written review for the podcast and a five-star rating. It really helps. And if you're listening in on Spotify, other platforms, giving a five-star rating is still super helpful. And do go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. And please do share this episode with even one person you think would benefit from today's topics on The Violet Vulture. Again, you can keep up with me on Instagram at Emmy, my website, you can get added to my newsletter, and you can join my new Patreon and keep up with me there as well. We're really hoping to build a lovely community there too. So I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. That's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning into The Violet Vulture.